We here at Stormdar Weather work hand-in-hand with the National Weather Service and other professional weather service agencies as a weather-ready nation ambassador. We are avid weather enthusiasts who have studied the likes of Mother Nature for over 30 years. The purpose of this podcast is to provide weather information, facts, and trivia in a manner that is entertaining and easily understood by everyone. Well, hello and welcome back to the Stormdar Weather Podcast. This is episode 27. I am your host, Randy Luna. And I'm your other host, Corey Taylor. And this is the Watches and Warnings Refresher Edition. Sometimes we need a refresher. That's true. And I'm honestly kind of surprised that uh, there's a lot of people out there that, that don't really know the difference between watches and warnings. And even if they do, sometimes they get alerts on their phone. Everybody gets alerts on their phone now, and maybe they don't read the entire alert. They just know they're getting a, a beep on their phone that, that, that there's something weather-related getting ready to happen, whether it's a watch or a warning. So they just need to be sure to read read whatever it's saying and tell you and, and heed the warning. Exactly. And we're going to get into that in a little bit, but let's talk about the big story. How about all that rain we got? Yeah, uh, not. Not. I got 0.07 inches. I got about 0.15. So that wasn't anywhere near the two to three we were we were at one time forecasted to receive. And I wonder what's up with the models. I mean, they were really, well, you know, like four or five days ago, they were saying, wow, this could be Southwest Missouri going to be three, four inches and it's going to be great. Well, the big red flag for me was that big area of forecasted heavy rain kept moving around on the map. They didn't know where it was going to end up and it, and it ended up disappearing. So uh, that was driving me nuts because it was Southwest Missouri, then it inched to the west, and then it was Northeast Oklahoma, and then it was East Central Oklahoma. And, and I'm like, then it went back into Northwest Arkansas. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Like, what is up with that? Yeah, well, needless to say, they, I mean, they did do well in the aspect that there was rain in the area, but the actual precipitation amounts were just nuts. I mean, we needed at least a good inch of rain around these areas to oh, yeah. make a we dent. We more than that. Oh, yeah. But, but when you're in a drought conditions and, and, you have a teaser like that, and it doesn't happen. It just hurts a little, stings a little bit, you know? It does. And I woke up uh, at, what, 7 o'clock the other morning, and I, uh, for some reason, I just woke up at 7 o'clock, and I thought, well, it's not raining, so I'll look at radar. And it's like, holy cow. Yep. There's <laughs> a big old system out there headed right for us. Oh, no, and I was getting so excited. I thought, okay, well, this is one great way to wake up. So I went downstairs, and I got on my recording equipment. There was lightning and thunder noted in Kansas and coming into Missouri, and Tons of rain, and I thought, I haven't recorded a thunderstorm in quite a bit. So I got it all set up, and I waited, and I waited, and with each 10 minutes I looked at radar, it got less. Dissipating every, <laughs> every, every uh, five-minute increment of the of, of radar updates, it was just... Uh... Now, at least we did get a little something. Yeah. I mean, we got, uh, you know, a marginal to a trace amount to, you know... Fifteen hundredths of an inch, which, but, uh, which is welcome. I mean, we're not yeah. complaining, but that's just not going to make it. It, a dent it wasn't in this a drought. downpour for sure. No, 
<laughs> and it's going to be a while before we get this this uh, this drought taken care of. And I checked the drought monitor, and the, you know, Southwest Missouri keeps getting inched up. More of Southwest Missouri is is getting into the you know severe drought area. I mean, uh, we had a message from uh, our, our one of our followers, Cade, was saying in McDonald County. It's just really super dry down there. I mean, well over six inches in deficit. And, uh, it, it, you know, fire, it's going to become a fire hazard issue because the, the ground and the tinder is so dry at this point. It, 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 it's, I, I, don't, I don't know what we're going to do. I don't see any relief coming anytime soon. I don't either because I looked at the, the, the uh, longer range GFS and uh, it looks like a high pressure is going to be inching back over this way. And that's just going to put the the kibosh on any rain chances. And and if if there is a good thing that has happened with this drought is it's still been very humid out, and we haven't had a lot of wind, so that's kind of brought the fire level down a little bit. But what happens in August when we have drier days and the the, the winds start blowing? What happens to Oklahoma and Western Missouri? We're we're going to get into that fire danger again. Exactly. And that's something we don't need because the further we get in this drought, then the longer it's going to take to make it up. And that's what Mike was saying uh, when he was here a couple of weeks ago is like a drought will feed on itself. Oh yeah. You got the dry conditions. Well, the dry conditions cause the ground and everything to heat up faster. When it heats up faster, it evaporates the moisture, which makes it drier which makes it heat up faster so it just it just keeps going and keeps going it's a cycle and that's why that's what happened to western oklahoma late last year when they went hundreds of days without any rain mm. so hopefully th- uh that's not going to be the case this year but and they had they had the wildfires out there yeah right? they exactly that's exactly what happened well let let's hope i mean this cool snap Really was welcome. I mean, the yeah, uh, last night I looked at the forecast high for today was in the 70s, and I was really kind of wondering why they put it in the 70s. And then this morning I checked, they they said, it. yeah, raised it back to to about 82. But still, that's that's great for, for this time of year for the end of July. Yeah, <laughs> man, I took my family to the uh, Ozark Empire Fair last night oh, in did the you? 70s. It was unbelievable weather. It was. It was ideal. It was great. We stayed as long as we could. We shut the place down at 11.30 last night. No way. You know, now, we did the exact same thing exactly a year ago, and we were there about three hours, and we were done. We were baked. We were fried. It was so degree weather is hot, like. hot and humid. <laughs> but but this year, it was a, a welcome relief. It was great. So did you uh, ride a lot of rides? I rode one ride. I let the wife ride this year. <laughs> Which one did you ride? I rode the uh, spinning apples. Oh gosh! With I my can... four-year-old daughter, I don't do the spinning other ride. Now, this, now the spinning apples are not a big, extreme spinning ride. I'll tell you what. Oh, that's for the kids. Disney it's thing, the right? kitty. It's my four-year-old ride. So ah. I let my wife ride the big kid rides this year. Yeah, I noticed and she. I, she I stayed out with a baby. Yeah, they were. They right. oh, I you know I never was. A fair park rider. I, I, yeah. I mean, it was it, it. They some of those rides. Sometimes you you look at them and they have second thoughts. But uh, everybody had a good time last night. Good. Now, do they still have the double Ferris wheel? It's not a double Ferris wheel. It's a smaller version of what we have here in town. 
Oh, uh, see, when when I back when I was a kid, my mother loved to ride that double Ferris wheel, and I rode it with her. You know what I'm talking about? I have no idea what you're talking about. You got well, it, you got the central plane, and you got a Ferris wheel here and a Ferris wheel here, and they do this, and they. It's a Ferris wheel, but it's a double Ferris wheel. Oh, well, they have other more extreme rides that are sort of like that, but not <laughs> yeah. the Ferris wheel. Well, that's the only the Ferris wheel is about my my speed. I am definitely not a roller coaster person. Uh, I like them a lot. I didn't ride any of the of the ones at the fair last night. They're a little smaller, but the kids liked them. Oh. So it must, I, must I, be I pretty much thing. pushed the stroller and hang, hung out with my fifteen month old. Yeah. So we had, we had fun watching though. Now, did you see the moon? I mean, was it like cloudy enough or not cloudy enough to see the moon last uh, night? Last night, I didn't notice the moon as much as I did the night before. Actually, yes, I I, 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 I did see the moon, and we actually stopped and looked at the moon. It was orange when it came up, and it was, yeah. it was later. It was already pretty dark when it came up. Mm-hmm. And we stopped and looked at the moon for a second. I thought, oh, look at the moon. But there are so many other blinking lights. My kids wanted to look at other things. So, so like New York City. Yeah. Wow. Did they have the expo set up in the... Because normally they have a weather expo or something set up in the grandstand. Um, or maybe that's... Well, they know, had a big concert going on last night. Okay. But uh, they, they, they... in Underneath the grandstand, they have all these exhibits. And I think uh, there are there, there was maybe something to do with weather. But mostly it's people trying to sell you stuff. So Yeah. Yeah, well, I, I know some of the TV stations, sometimes they set up and go there. It's really fun to go to. I've gone there before. I think Brandon has gone there, and some other TV guys have, have gone there and done that. And I think mm-hmm. the National Weather Service or some emergency is, I mean, that was quite a while ago back when I went. But, uh, yeah, I, I'm like you. I mean, last night and so far, this fair weather has been absolutely ideal. Oh, it's been wonderful. Yeah. But guess what? It's summer still. It's summer, and this uh, there's going to be a final system coming through tonight, uh, and it's going to kind of push everything out of the way, and that big area of high pressure that has been shunted to the west, which is allowing us to have these sprinkles in cool weather, <laughs> that high pressure is on its way back in, so the heat is going to return, but not quite with a vengeance. It could be worse. 92 is a lot, you know, better than 102. Oh, yeah. You know. Oh, yeah. And the humidity, I mean, that's slowly going to, it's going to kind of creep back in. But the forecast for this week, you know, today in the 80s, tomorrow in the 80s, when you get to probably Thursday, then you're going to kind of start touching 90 degrees again and maybe 92 by the weekend. But I did read in the the forecast discussion, there could be another, and this is kind of an iffy thing, another little system try to skirt the area maybe Saturday, but I'm not holding my breath on that one. Yeah, I'm not looking forward to that. I'm not even going to, I'm not even going to read into that. The last system ticked me off so much. I know. I was so excited. And I know a lot of people were excited. We were Posting on the site, and it's like, wow, look at this. And they're like, yeah, let's do it. And then, uh, yeah, kind of a disappointment. Right. But it's not doing much here. And, you know, it's really not doing anything in the tropics either. Been pretty quiet given, I mean, we had a, a when, when the season first started, we, we were there, it was busy, but not busy with big storms. But at least we had a little bit of activity. Now it's just pretty much dead. I know. I checked, I checked uh, the Atlantic. Nothing, no storms expected, even depressions, anything. And check the Pacific. And yesterday we had uh, Gilma. Gilma. 
Yes, and was a, I think, entered maybe a tropical storm and then just, you know, headed out to sea and just, this morning, she had dissipated. They should just retire that name because I don't like it. Gilma, yes. I'm I'm not sure. So no no offense to any of our Gilma uh, patrons that we have. (laughs) Yeah, uh, but there is one little area of interest. It's kind of like... Remember, it's like southwest of Mexico down there right above the equator. Remember a few weeks ago we had all those systems wanting to develop in that one area? I do. Well, I do. That's kind of what's happening now, but it's only got a 20% chance of even surviving. Hmm. So I don't know. We're, we're in, we are in an El Nino or going into an El Nino, and that's going to raise that water temperature up. Yeah. Well, maybe that's why they're developing over that one area over and over again because. That's really the only place they have been developing over there. You know, August is normally a very busy month. It's it's one of the busier months for hurricane activity. That's when uh, Katrina hit. It was around the third or fourth week of August, August 23rd, 24th. Oh, really? Uh, so you get a lot of bigger hurricanes in August. So that's pretty much your prime time for a hurricane. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, August going into September, especially when all that heat, that latent heat is starting to... Oh yeah, to kick up and stuff. So we're going to be watching the the tropics. I mean, like we've said many times, we just get a little weak tropical system to just kind of come up here in Oklahoma, Missouri for a couple three days and then just go away. That would really help with the drought and stuff. That would be wonderful. Will it happen? Yeah, probably not. But we'll have to wait and see. Yeah. We should have a contest. That would be fun. Mm-hmm. Have to figure that one out. <laughs> well, let's get into uh, watches and warnings. We're going to kind of explain the difference in detail, so everybody kind of knows what what we're talking about here. Um, the Storm Prediction Center is responsible. There, that's their job. They watch large scale atmospheric conditions for vulnerability in the atmosphere and where chaos may ensue. And we, we watch them all the time because, like we said, a broad scale, it could be a, an area of several states that could, that could be under the guns where those atmospheric conditions are just going to be just right for the potential that we could have some severe weather. And that's why we look at the uh, day one outlook, day two outlook, day three. That's the first step It's just watching those uh, several days out just to see kind of what they're thinking might happen. And then we get to... excuse me, we get to the uh, day one, and then you start getting the next step is a mesoscale discussion, and that's where they're really starting to hone in on an area. Ingredients are coming together. Yeah, could be a low-pressure system, could be uh, uh, a a dry line. Something's going to set all that off. Yeah, uh, triple points, all that kind of thing, just to, eh, but they're not quite sure yet. Well, then as the day progresses, they watch atmospheric conditions, and they decide, sometimes yes, sometimes no, but sometimes they decide to place a certain area in a watch box. Right. And the watch box means just what it says. You need to watch the weather. You may or may not get a severe storm out of this thing. So when they issue a severe thunderstorm watch, it's usually about six hours ahead of when stuff is going to fire. Usually. So so that's what gives us weather guys, uh, emergency managers, uh, National Weather Service, uh, Skywarn people, gives us a heads up that something might happen. So when you get 
under some kind of watch, it doesn't mean stuff's happening right now. So we, we've heard people say, say like, at, like at a five o'clock, like if a storm rolls through or something, they say, well, they issued a warning at, at noon. Well, no, that's a watch because everybody's supposed to watch for it. Now, since I said warning, <laughs> a warning means we've spotted something. Uh either on radar, it can be a spotter, it can be, but mainly radar, you know, velocity or uh, hail signature on radar. It could mm -hmm. be a, a, a number of things. Yeah, and this is where the storm spotters come in. They so, so going back to watch, when they issue a watch, that's when the, the storm spotters get all excited and we're like, okay, well, here's the area, then they're going to get in their cars. When we did the storm chasing episode mm -hmm. last month or whatever, um, that's when they're, uh, they're going to watch to see if something comes up. And then they get all their gear together and they go out. And then if they see something, they can report it like large hail or damaging winds or even possibly a tornado. Let me add something here. Sure. You know, the storm chasers, they... They see that watch come down, and they they, they, they prepare themselves for, for the later warnings. Well, the public needs to do the same thing. They need to make sure when they see that watch that they are have a couple of ways at least to be able to receive any future warnings that may come down that day. Right. Whether it be your phone, social media, television, whatever, just make sure you're, uh, you can get those warnings easily delivered to you. Yes, so you know in advance. Now, warnings... That, that's a good point. So in war, if you get a warning, you've got a limited time before damaging and threatening weather is going to go uh, through your area. So if, uh, so if Branson gets under, you know, Taney County, it, it's done by counties. And I like it how they outline specific parts of counties because the, when, once, we get the once we see it on radar and know which way it's moving, we know pretty much which cities are going to be affected by this storm. And this is one way, one reason that we have expanded the Stormdar forecast area to include all the way from Branson all the way over into Oklahoma and Kansas so we can see what's coming and so you can we can post those warnings so you can know what's coming ahead of the time so you can prepare for those warnings and be better prepared for what weather may be he heading this way. That's right. And 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 Generally, not all the time, but generally, these systems, like you said, move west to east. Sometimes it's southwest, Usually. northeast. Sometimes it's northwest to southeast. But it's that general, you know, left to right if you're looking at it on on a screen. And so, when you get Springfield, Joplin, uh, areas in southwest Missouri, that specifically we look at Kansas and Oklahoma because that's generally where our weather's coming right. from. So yeah, <laughs> so so. Bottom line, remember this. A watch means just what it says. If you're under a watch, it's several hours before a possible event could happen. Now, a watch doesn't mean you are going to get severe weather. No. A watch means conditions are favorable in this broad area that severe weather could develop. Because I've heard lots of people, they say... Uh, like, say, Springfield, and say Springfield's maybe on the northern end of a watch box, and they say, well, we didn't get anything. We were under a tornado watch. Well, right. Then but, you're lucky. Yes, then you're lucky. But if you look at radar and look at the broader scale, maybe just south of there, northeast Oklahoma or extreme southern Missouri, had a lot of severe weather warnings. Well, you know, it's literally impossible <laughs> to to pinpoint exactly 
where something is going to happen. You, it, it, you just can't do it. And so that's the, the job and the art of the Storm Prediction Center, that they can look at this on a broad scale and outline a specific area. So watch means watch for it. Warning means we are warning you, take shelter now. And the technology that's available to the public compared to just five to ten years ago is unbelievable. Oh my gosh, what, yes. What you can just get out of your pocket and look at on your phone. Yeah, yeah, there are radars, free radars out there. Oh, yeah. uh, Facebook, that's a that's one of the ways to do it. You can always go to the National Weather Service. They're a free service. Just go on your your favorite browser and uh, type in uh, for for the Springfield office. If you're around here, is weather dot gov gov slash Springfield. And they outline all of Southwest Missouri and just a couple of counties in Southeast Kansas. They are watching as well. And that's one of the main sources we get our information from. I mean, we've got, uh, I mean, we know how to look at models. So we know have model sites, which are also free. But we always check when we make our predictions and give our thoughts and stuff. There's always what we do. We get the read the forecast discussions of what the weather service is thinking. We look at the actual text forecast. We look at the Storm Prediction Center. And Corey, you like looking at the Weather Prediction Center if we get a rain event, which they were wrong this time. But <laughs> Can't win them all. Yeah. And the ultimate thing that we look at, radar. We can see what's going on in radar. You can see what's going on in radar. I'm looking at radar right now. <laughs> Keep keeping it going. Yeah, the the radar going today. I mean, there must be, as you mentioned earlier today, there there's some kind of boundary or something setting up just to the north of Branson. Looks like what are you seeing now on radar? I'm just seeing a long line of uh, yeah, moderate rainfall from Craig County, Oklahoma, down into Delaware County, up into McDonald, uh, Barry, and into Stone County. Mm-hmm. So it's riding along something, and then you got a bigger, even bigger complex coming up down out of southeast Kansas. It's moving now to the east, kind of southeast, but more to the east now. Oh, it's changed direction? It's kind of trying to. Yeah, because earlier today I was watching that thing just dive to the southeast, and uh, that thing has been producing a potential tornado and uh, around the Arkansas City, Kansas area. So we've been watching that. that. I saw some pretty hefty winds over there, too. Oh yeah, what was that one we saw? Uh, radar says 101, 101 miles an hour. miles an hour. Holy cow! That's hurricane force right there. That's that's like over cat two yeah. or cat three, <laughs> right there. And like Mike was saying too, and we want to reiterate: if you get a powerful, powerful storm, the tornado sirens may fire when you do not have a tornado. I mean, the criteria is, which he told us, if you get a straight line wind event above 75 miles an hour. Even though there's no tornado, that's hurricane force winds, and they mm-hmm. will fire the tornado warning sirens. It's a good good idea. And speaking of radar, our weather school today is all about radar and how radar works. So hopefully this will explain a few things about what we look at. If there's something about the weather that you want to know, stormed our weather school. This week, we're going to explore this thing we refer to as radar. What is it, and how does it work?
Hazard, tornado. Source, radar indicated rotation. The word radar is actually an acronym that stands for radio detection and ranging. And that's exactly what it does. It sends out radio waves to detect objects like raindrops. But that's a much too simplified statement. How does weather radar work? Well, it sends radio waves produced by a magnetron. And a magnetron is actually the same thing that's used on a piece of equipment you all probably have in your kitchen right now. A microwave oven. But a weather radar isn't a microwave oven. The microwaves produced by the magnetron and radar are designed to go many miles, where the waves in a microwave oven are only designed to go just a very short distance. What happens is the magnetron generates microwaves, and they are propelled out of a transmitter at the speed of light. An antenna rotates and sends out beams in a 360-degree pattern. The beams themselves will keep going until they hit something, like a raindrop, and then some of that energy bounces back. The radar also acts as a receiver as well, to detect the incoming or reflected energy. So the radar will send out a beam and then wait a split second to listen for anything coming back. And if it does, that's what we call an echo. When the radar receives an echo, then that information is fed into a computer program and plotted on a map so we know exactly where that location is. Measuring the time it takes for the radio wave to leave the radar and return back lets us know how far away the object is. The radar doesn't do this one time. It does it five different times, and each time at a different elevation. The starting elevation is just barely up from the horizon at 0.5 degrees. The radar collects data on that elevation for a 360-degree circle. Then it tilts up just a little bit to 1.5 degrees and does the same thing. Then it tilts up to 2.5 degrees, then 3.5 degrees, and finally 4.5 degrees. The data collected from all of these tilts lets us see things like how high up in the atmosphere the precipitation is occurring, and it allows us to measure things like cloud tops. So in general, the computer program takes all the information from all the five tilts, initializes it, and then plots everything on a map. The way we measure the intensity of an echo is by decibels. A weak return will reflect back as low as 20 decibels, and a large hailstone or extremely heavy rainfall will come back at about 65 decibels or higher. So if it's just sprinkling, then the echo return will be low, and it'll be plotted on the map as a light shade of green. Moderate rain will return more energy, so we'll have a stronger decibel reading, and it will be plotted with yellows. Heavy rain will return even stronger echoes, and it'll be plotted as red. Hail is a solid mass, so it's going to return the strongest echo. The bigger the hail, the stronger the energy return, and it's plotted as purples or even white. Sleet is also a solid mass, and it tricks the radar into thinking there's very heavy rain, and it'll show up in yellows and reds, even though there really isn't any heavy precipitation falling. 
Another of the many things a radar can do is detect wind speed. We call this the velocity scan. The radar sends out beams and then listens to the frequency of the return beam. Higher frequencies indicate wind blowing toward the radar. Lower frequencies show wind blowing away from the radar. And it's noted by green and red colors on a screen. Green indicates wind blowing towards a radar site and red indicates wind blowing away from the radar site. The brighter the color means faster the wind speed. And whenever you see a really small or tight area of red and green together on the velocity scan, then that tells us that there's rotation going on in a storm. And that's when you'll hear the phrase radar indicated tornado or radar indicated rotation. It doesn't necessarily mean a tornado is on the ground, but radar is showing us that the wind fields in the storm are starting to twist and a tornado could form at any time. Another thing the radar can do is show the difference between rain, sleet, and snow. It doesn't do the greatest job, but it does give us some reference to where precipitation could be in changeover state. The radar has different modes as well. So for fair weather, they shift the radar into clear air mode. This is used when there's no precipitation expected and has a very high sensitivity. In fact, the sensitivity is so high that it'll pick up things like bats suddenly leaving caves or birds suddenly taking flight. It can also pick up smoke from wildfires because the smoke particles are dense enough to give a return. In rainy weather, the National Weather Service switches the radar into precipitation mode. This is a little less sensitive mode, but the scans are faster, and that's good when there's a storm in the area. The faster scans produce new radar screen images about every two minutes or so, where in clear air mode, the images are updated about every five minutes or so. Weather radars nowadays have several detection features that I won't go into, but this little weather school should help explain the basic operation. We post a lot of radar images on our Facebook page to show you where any activity is occurring and if it will be moving toward you. Weather radar is one of the most valuable tools the Weather Service has and it's vital in storm season to track severe weather. There are many free radar apps out there and they all work pretty much the same way. So I would highly suggest getting one of those for your mobile device in case threatening weather approaches. Then you'll be able to see if you're going to get wet. If you have a question about the weather you'd like us to answer, then send us an email at stormdarweather at gmail.com and in the subject line, put weather question. Well, that does it for this edition of Stormdar Weather School. And there you have it. Very well done. Thank you. But I must say, I recorded that last year. And there have been some major, major upgrades to the radar systems, uh, all the WSR-88s, I think. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Uh, I mean, I, th I think I talked about a dual pole polarization on there, but they have a different thing. I'm not going to get into the technical of, of it, but uh, it's called a volume coverage pattern, how the radar actually goes out and finds its information and stuff. They've tweaked that a little bit. Uh, Mike even said uh, last when he was here, that's, that the radar, you have fast mode and slow mode, and you're able to actually 
they can manually click that now. Mm-hmm. So I think in the weather school, I said it was it was set, but that is all changed, uh, which I think is a great idea because if you get you know, you get a severe storm. You don't want to wait five minutes to see the no. next <laughs> the next data round. I just hope their their hardware is is uh, uh, able to keep up with their software developments. It, yeah, I know. And he said eighty eight. You said was like twenty five years yeah. years old well, or something. Eighty eight. It was. It was that's, introduced that's in nineteen eighty eight. That was thirty. Thirty. Right. <laughs> now, not everybody got it in eighty eight, but that's when that model was introduced. Yeah, and that's uh, you know, I think eventually. We're going to have these supersonic radars where you can go down and just, you know, we won't, won't even have to wait two or three minutes. That That'll be, be something. Uh, yeah. We'll in probably... the year 2000. Oh, wait. That's oh, wait a minute. <laughs> Where's the Wayback Machine? Yeah. I knew that. <laughs> well, let's get to the Weather Word of the Week. All right. It's the Weather Word of the Week. And this week's Stormdar Weather, Weather Word of the Week is... Hygrometer. Yes. And what is that? It's an instrument that measures the amount of humidity in the air. I want one of those. Well, I kind of have one. Well, there's different sorta. types. Yeah, I mean, I was reading there's, there's several different types, uh, including uh, one called a metal paper coil type, mm-hmm. a hair tension hygrometer, which I thought was interesting, a chilled mirror dew point hygrometer, and my favorite is a sling psychrometer. Well, that sounds pretty cool. It is cool. I mean, and you, I may have told you this a long time ago, probably back before you were born. Uh, <laughs> in the late 70s, I, uh, that, that's when I really, really, really started getting into weather. And so I had that uh, a little thing you mounted on the wall, and it had a, a barometer, which had some kind of glycol mixture in it and a tube. And it would tell the the barometric pressure, uh-huh. and uh, it had with it a sling psychrometer. Cool. Do you know what? Do you know what one is? No. Well, let me tell you. It's great. It's a little device that has two thermometers on it, and one you have a little like sock uh, sock tube, and you completely saturate that sock tube, put it on one of the the the, the thermometers at the bottom. And you take, and it's got a little thing, you can sling it around in a circle, and you sling it and sling it and sling it and sling it. And what happens is the idea that moisture from the little sock evaporates, and when you have evaporating air, it cools down. Right. And so when you can look and tell what the dew point, put that in air quotes, is by looking at that. So, so once, once the, 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 all the moisture gets out of that sock and the temperature, you look at both thermometers and one will say one degree and then the, the one with the sock on it will be colder and you can kind of compare those two things. Very cool. I love the sling psychrometer. But not nowadays. Nah. <laughs> I think a lot of these uh, restoration, water restoration uh, companies, they have those because they have to measure the amount of moisture in your house to make sure you mm-hmm. don't have that black mold. Oh, yeah. Uh, which is ungood. Mm. We don't not, w- not good. No. Get a lot of that in your basements around here. Yeah. And we've had two floods, unfortunately. One was a broken pipe. Uh-huh. And it, it was just, I mean, fortunately, we were home. And uh, the other flood was in my little, uh, in, in my office. Uh, it was a faulty drain uh, pipe 
coming off the house. It, ah. You know, when you it, it's supposed to go down the pipe and go out in the yard. Well, in the house? Well, mine had fallen off. The, the bottom of it had fallen off, so the water was going down, running down the side of the house and coming in my sliding glass door. And I was like, why <laughs> is this happening? And it took me a while to figure it out. And then, you know, once that was all done, I went outside and looked, and it had... Now, I, when was this? I, I thought I, I think I remember this, possibly. When was it? Uh, last year or yeah. the year before that. It, well, probably the year before that, because that's when we had the, the massive, massive, massive rains. Yeah, I remember that. Was that the 2017 rain? That I think that was spring last year, maybe. Possibly. Yeah, because then we went into a really, really hard drought after yeah, that. Yeah, we did. Uh, so that's taken care of. I put it... Uh, the the little connection on the bottom, and now the water goes down and goes out into the yard and not down the side of the house, and I haven't had any problems. So I just remember them using that hygrometer to measure the moisture in the wall. So that's that's really neat. We want to mention that uh, we you know we have three groups that we manage here at Stormdoor Weather. We have the Southwest Missouri Group, the Northeast Oklahoma Group, and the Road Conditions Report Group. And we just wanted to say we love everybody posting in there. But the road conditions reports, uh, we'd like to keep those two road conditions. I mean, we love the pictures and everything. And we have all, our main page and the other two groups uh, send us pictures there. But uh, it, the, the road conditions group has really been an asset to us. Because, oh, yeah. Uh, there's so many people around here. Uh, it can be anything from fallen trees across the road or flooding, uh Icy, snowy conditions, anything. Any road hazard that's going to cause you a delay. Yeah, and, and you don't have to wait for us to do it. If you see something that's causing major traffic, go ahead and post in that oh, yeah. group. <laughs> I think what happens is people type Stormdar Weather in the Facebook search bar and just click on the first thing that pops up. And sometimes it's the road conditions group. Sometimes it's the Southwest Missouri group. Or sometimes it's the page. Yeah. I think that's probably what's happening a lot of the times because you yeah. just never, Facebook doesn't really have a set way of bringing things up when you search for it but uh people are clicking on whatever f comes up first and sometimes it's that road conditions group you know it's not a huge issue no but but, but we notice you know, people are posting rain or floods or storm storm shots in there so uh you can always post that on our main storm Dar page or on the southwest missouri group or just send it to us and we'll get it posted for you. Yeah, yeah. If you message us, I mean, of course, a, a private message means we only get it, right. uh, which will be fine. And, uh, you know, if it's a really cool picture, we'll just go ahead and, and post it and give you credit, of course. We're not going to steal anything. We don't steal anything, information from anybody here at Stormdar. And, you know, every, all the video and the music is ours and stuff. So it's our own little... little uh, Compartmentalized club. Yes, our club. And you all are welcome to it. Yep. <laughs> well, you got anything else? Uh, I just wish it would rain. But other than that, yeah. I'm, I'm good. I, I, I just wish I have a bad feeling heading into August. I think we're going to see more fire potential. So I put that in your head right now to watch what you do with those cigarettes and watch what you do with any outside burning mm -hmm. because it's not going to get any better. I mean, it's, it's nice and humid out right now, but it may not be that way forever. Yeah. And we need to stress humidity in the air doesn't mean we're not in a drought. Uh, the, no, no, the, 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 the actual the rainfall. crops are still need, need, needing watered. Yeah. Yeah. We need, we need some actual water, crunchy sky water coming down to nourish the soil and everything. But I mean, I guess the only, kind of 
good part about a drought is you save on lawn mowing bills. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, if you could look at it that way. My yard's kind of dead right now. Yeah, mine too. I don't know. I think my, my lawn guys come out, I think, every two weeks, and now they're like every three or, or whatever. We must have the same lawn guys. <laughs> well, that, that that's good they're looking out for us, I'll yeah. tell you that. Okay, well, let's wrap this thing up. Okay. All right, so be sure to look for us on Facebook at Stormdar Weather. Like our page and be sure to like or comment on our posts to have them show up in your newsfeed. You can always contact us through our Facebook page or send us an email to stormdarweather at gmail.com. Well, that does it for this time, so join us next week for the next edition of the Stormdar Weather Podcast. 